Upon my honor, one, I will develop my life for the greater good. Two, I will place character above riches and concern for others above personal wealth. Three, I will never boast but cherish humility instead. Four, I will speak the truth at all times and forever keep my word. Five, I will defend those who cannot defend themselves. Six, I will honor and respect women and refute sexism in all its guises. Seven, I will uphold justice by being fair to all. Eight, I will be faithful in love and loyal in friendship. Nine, I will abhor scandal and gossip, neither partake nor delight in them. Ten, I will be generous to the poor and to those who need help. Eleven, I will forgive when asked that my own mistakes will be forgiven. Twelve, I will live my life with courtesy and honor from this day forward. By adhering to the twelve trusts, I swear to partake in a living quest in everything I do. Hello and welcome back to Upon My Honor, brought to you by the Knights of Awakening. I'm your host, Justin. Today we're going to be talking about the 7th and 8th trusts of chivalry now. Trust number 7. I will uphold justice by being fair to all. You know, civilizations would not exist in any kind of significant or meaningful way without systems of justice. Without systems of justice in place to ensure fairness. Adjudicate disputes between people and help ensure the ethical and humane treatment of people by the respective governments. Albert Einstein once said, in matters of truth and justice, there is no difference between large and small problems, for issues concerning the treatment of people are all the same. For the night, we agree that we should not allow others to suffer needlessly. That we will, quote-unquote, right the wrongs and bring an end to suffering caused by others and protect those unable to defend themselves. Justice is not just retribution, but an understanding that someone must stand up against those who harm it is more than just being a barrier, though. It's about being a proactive force against those who harm others, or who seek to harm others. Where a knight stands, others should know that justice will be done. When a knight is in motion, others should know that a deep contemplation of right and wrong has already been taken into, into consideration. Knights act with justice, which is an opposition to evil for the sake of good, but not in vengeance which is punishing only for the sake of causing suffering. Trust number seven, I will uphold justice by being fair to all. What is your view on justice? Well, first of all, the man who disregards justice is not a warrior. No matter what his prowess, intellect, or position in life, his lack of a respectable moral standard makes him a brute. And a knight is not a brute. Our sense of justice reflects who we really are. It is the reason we tell the truth, defend those in need, give generously to the poor, and refute all forms of bigotry. Justice provides the measure by which we determine good from evil, and ultimately determines our sense of honor. Justice is the bedrock of every successful culture and civilization. In everyday life, we uphold justice by being fair to all. And I wrote something years ago, and I'm going to paraphrase it because even though I wrote it, it was a long time ago. (laughs) 
a knight understands that justice can also be a terrible thing sometimes, um, especially when you're considering, um, you know, things like death penalty or the, the, the sense of justice where somebody's going to be punished, um, that it's important to uh, remember compassion and mercy, you know, when, when dispensing justice to people. Yep. Exactly. Because really, it's not justice if if you just uh, don't don't take the individual into uh, your idea, you know, mm-hmm. of, of what justice is. Everyone is different, and their circumstances are different. From ChivalryNow.net, true justice is not limited to the purview of judges, lawyers, and lawmakers. It is, first and foremost, a moral imperative for all of us to treat people fairly. Laws and legal proceedings are what happens when justice fails. This places the very existence of justice directly on us. We give it life in the way we treat one another. It is cumulative, too. The more justice that we, as individuals, bring into the world, the better things are for everyone. Since justice can be thought of as morality in action, we are obligated to add it into the world whenever we can. The miracle of human life, with its capacity for thought and reason, moral ambiguity, makes it our obligation to embrace a positive moral code and live by it. Virtues, like justice, do not exist on their own. They are human constructs that need human commitment. We put them aside at our peril. We know this deep inside. Indeed, the unspoken stirrings of conscience demand our participation. This explains the undercurrent of dissatisfaction that we feel when we fail to uphold them. We not only lose our sense of purpose, we deny the essence of who we are. In this regard, justice should not be treated as something reactionary. It is a positive force that shapes our decisions in everyday life. The proper use of that power is what makes us heroic. When we neglect that power, we add to the misery of life and slow the progress of humanity. Be fair to everyone. Defend those in need so that justice reigns. Every person is deserving of justice. We are obligated by the very fact that we are human to give it to them. So one thing is for sure. As I have said many times over, we do understand that seeing justice done sometimes comes with outcomes and punishments that can be terrible for everyone involved. In seeking justice in what is right, humanity, compassion, and mercy must always be employed. Remember not to lose yourself in the pursuit of justice. Take in and consider the totality of the circumstances. Use only that which is necessary, and go on with a clear head and not emotionally attached to the issue or its outcome. Suffering as a condition does not care what color you are. It does not care about uh, what you do in your bedroom. It does not care about who and what you pray to. It does not care about what beliefs you have and who you vote for. For a knight to put one group of people over the other alienates whole other groups of individuals who may need you too. The knight's place in this world is to alleviate suffering wherever it is found. If you do your part, You are saving the world for the person whose pain may be lessened by your compassion and mercy. When we allow our personal, political, religious, or any other kind of affiliation to dictate who is worthy and who is not, how can we, with a straight face, 
teach the values and morals of this path if we are aligned to divisive groups and movements. To put it bluntly, you can't. The Eighth Trust. I will be faithful in love and loyal in friendship. One of my nightly agreements is what we call our virtues here at the Knights of Awakening is family. It is one of the most critical parts of this path. I view family as more than just those we share blood, blood or marriage with. Family is also those with whom we have in our lives by choice. Those which we pledge fidelity to. Those people we have in our lives that make our lives better. Love is much more than just the romantic flavor, although that's important too. It is the force behind much of what we do in our lives, whether we want to see that or not. It's there in the background, pushing and pulling and tugging and guiding many, many, many of the things we do. We must be faithful to those in our lives and treat them with the utmost respect and dignity. Zig Ziglar said, the foundation stones for a balanced success are honesty, character, integrity, faith, love, and loyalty. But we have to remember that loyalty and devotion are virtues and must be used with temperament as in all things. Loyalty and devotion are essential motivators for people like you and me who journey this path in, in our lives. We feel a solid connection to our ideas, our beliefs, and in the people in our lives. Loyalty is a strong word and invokes strong feelings for most of us. I mean, it certainly does for me. A knight is a loyal and devoted person to their chosen friends and family, and those in their charge. A knight is a person who already has a propensity to protect and serve others. So it is, it's not like a stretch in the least to find that a knight is loyal and dedicated to those that, that they love and those that they serve and those that they are entrusted with. Relationships are vital in this life. And these relationships should be developed in a healthy and nurtured way. Loyalties are a big part of the path and existence of knighthood. From chivalrynow.net What is the truest nature of a man? That he be faithful in love and true to his friends. We all want the kind of love that medieval literature first introduced to the Western imagination. Romantic love with all its promise and magic and permanence. We have long seen it depicted in movies and literature, but usually only in its phase of initial intensity. Long-lasting love is not something that writers seem able to portray. Their stories usually end at the point when loved ones joylessly come together after some major adversity. We are left to assume that they live happily ever after, but how they manage is not shown. The most important lessons to be learned about successful long-term relationships are missing. The essence of true romantic love, which every night of medieval romance understood, was a full commitment of the heart and mind. A dedication that superseded everything else, and defied even the course of time. Without such commitment, without the kind of love that makes such commitment possible, couples are subject to the vagrancies of time without the wherewithal to overcome them. Not everyone can achieve that kind of love. It depends on one's values. It is therefore no coincidence that romantic love came about with the advent of chivalry. The values and principles and courtesies that chivalry espouses makes the achievement of such love possible. 
it is a matter of personal values and integrity. How can a good love relationship survive without honesty? Without defending one another when needed? Without generosity or faithfulness or forgiveness? Without a strong sense of friendship and loyalty? Without unselfishly recognizing how to contribute as a couple to the greater good in order to validate its own significance? Without treating each other with the tenderness of courtesy and affection? A good and lasting love relationship is seen as the highest test of chivalry. It makes serious demands upon our principles on an everyday basis. To those who manage to achieve it, however, those serious demands feel as natural and as satisfying as a summer breeze. The secret to achieving romantic love is having a code of moral ethics, like the Twelve Trusts, which gives us the personal attributes capable of honoring and sustaining deep romantic love. Indeed, a solid moral code provides the prerequisite not only for everything that contributes to the fulfillment of life's authenticity. The trust number eight, I will be faithful in love and loyal in friendship. Why, why are these th two things important? Well, uh, loyalty uh, is an expression of commitment and reliability. Whether it refers to friends, family, life partner, nation, fellow soldier, customer, or a stranger you meet on the street. It is a deciding factor in measuring a person's cult, uh, character. Now, as for love, it's no coincidence that romantic love arose during the age of chivalry, introducing the formula for an ideal relationship. Of course, no relationship is ideal. No one is perfect enough to make it so. The purpose of ideals is to provide goals to strive for in order to continually better ourselves. What chivalry did was provide the right formula of personal virtues that make a lasting romantic relationship possible. Now, think about that for a moment. What qualities contribute to a strong love relationship? It's got to be more than just wanting it. Uh, having a good character is one. Honesty is another. Generosity in a partnership. Forgiveness, courtesy, respect and the kind of humility that makes a relationship based on equality possible. Uh, one partner should not overwhelm the other with their personality. They both have to be respected. This is a prime example of how the 12 trusts interweave into a single tapestry of what today's knighthood is all about. Thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. And be on the lookout for the next episode, which will be the ninth and 10th trusts. Take care of each other out there. We love you very much. And until next time, awaken the night within.